Welcome to Torah on the Go. Whether you are enjoying a cup of coffee or in the car enjoying traffic or on the Peloton enjoying uh, your workout, we want to welcome you to this moment of learning. This is a podcast presented by the clergy at Valley Beth Shalom, and I want to welcome my partner in the clergy, Rabbi Feinstein, to Torah on the Go. Hi. We have been talking about the the triumvirate of Parshiot, uh, Vayera, Chayesara, and Toldot. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to just focus this one podcast on Chayesara. I spoke very briefly. I did a, a talking Torah on Saturday and Shabbat mornings at 9 a.m. I often teach uh, talking Torah. And then the following week, Rabbi Feinstein often teaches um, Discovery Circle where they, they really examine the Sidur. And if you don't attend those Learning experiences, those in-person learning experiences, we encourage you to do so. They're, they're, they're both great. They draw big crowds, and, uh, and it's a lot of fun. A few weeks ago, I talked about how Chayesara is actually a sandwich. The opening of the Parsha is a story of death and burial. Mm-hmm. Sarah dies, and Abraham actually endeavors to find a permanent place to acquire mm-hmm. so that the, the Jewish family will have a place. And it is actually the city of Hebron. It's the Marat HaMachpelah. It's, the, it's the, the cave of duality or the cave of couples or the coupling cave, however you want to understand that, that, that name. And then at the end of the Parsha, we have Abraham's death and he's buried. Mm-hmm. And in the world of antiquity, I think the question that those stories beg is, well, what happens after life? Yeah. These are this is the first couple that's done. What, what is the story of Jewish afterlife? What are we supposed to believe? And that's what the Torah places right in the middle of those two death stories. And the story is about Isaac finding a wife. Right. You want to know what afterlife is in the Jewish tradition? Afterlife is actually the legacy that you leave behind in this world. Right. You're not going to take wealth and servants along with you in your burial into the into another world, which was largely the belief of the ancient Near East. The ancient Mesopotamians often were buried with possessions or even with servants, like we know happened in ancient Egypt. In the Jewish tradition, Chayesara comes to tell us that what matters in terms of what we, what, the way that we are, the way that we're to understand our own afterlife is legacy in this world, mm-hmm. family, and the way that our values are played out by generations to come. Do you think that sandwich? Do you think that sandwich comes to lay down a tradition to us? How do you think it speaks to this moment that we're in today? So I, I had a professor when I was uh, in college, uh, religious studies class, who, who made the claim that the chief catalyst for the creation of religious culture is death. That religions are all about death. Death is the the the, the mystery that uh, religions are there to answer. And it was an interesting claim because, and, and it's, it's, it's not entirely wrong, um, the two greatest mysteries in the universe are birth and death. Uh, going from non-being to being and going from being to non-being. When, when we talk to kids, um, those are the questions they want to know, right? How did that baby get inside that mommy? Um, and how is he going to get out? Mm-hmm. And... Where did grandma go when she died? Mm-hmm. Those are the questions that a little kid will ask us, what teenagers ask us. It's the questions that grown-up ask us. Those are the great mysteries of existence, being and non-being, and the seam lines between them. What's so interesting then is if death really is the catalyst for the creation of religious culture, how little, it ta- how little attention 
is paid to death in the Bible. I mean, you would think that a story would say Abraham dies and then there would be chapters telling us about his afterlife journey. Do you think there'd be chapters talking about Moses's death and what happens then? There's nothing. It's nothing. Abraham dies in like two verses. He was old. He was gathered unto his people. His two sons, that's a miracle, came together to bury him. Done. That's all it says, right? Sarah dies. She's buried in one verse. Um, it's so little attention is paid to it. And that has to be on purpose. It, it, you, you couldn't have had, I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard to interpret what's missing from a text, but what's missing from a text is what you would have expected to have there, a whole panoply of afterlife meditation, and it's not there. And therefore, you have to imagine that what you have in the Bible is an intentional response to, as you said, to Mesopotamian culture and Egyptian culture, to the two great cultures that impinged upon the Bible, in which death was the thing, in which death was the purpose of so much of culture, the Bible is trying to say, no, life is the cult, is, is what life is about. Life and its challenges, its family life, its politics, its ethics, its values, that's what, that's what this is about. And death is not that important. And Abraham Heschel the great philosopher had a beautiful way of putting this. He said, we do believe in an afterlife. We do believe in the next world. We just take our worlds one at a time. <laughs> that's very good. Which means that, you know, like, yes, we do believe that there's an afterlife, but that's God's responsibility. You and I are responsibility responsible for this world, and that's where our attention must be paid. So the truth is, just like you mentioned, rabbis through the generations have believed all sorts of things about, let's call them heavens and hells, just because that's the the English parlance for how we explain the afterlife. Mm -hmm. uh, rabbis have talked about the blessings of the world to come in times when the world has been incredibly unfavorable towards Jews. Mm -hmm. Rabbis have promised that the world, the next world, was going to be better. Right. And they've also talked about how there will be punishment for people who who behave this way. Mm -hmm. um, and we can all understand how those were tools at, at that time. And we can all understand how when times are good, like. We can even talk about second half of the 20th century in the United States of America and the beginning of the 21st century in America. There's not a lot of afterlife talk by the Jewish community. Mm -hmm. That's not something that we talk about often. It's not something that we need. It doesn't resonate as much. It just feels like when I've studied the, the, the Torah, the Bible, the biblical text academically, the answer to a lot of questions about the Torah ends up being bad editing. <laughs> right? So these two death stories that are, that are connected – Sarah's death at one place, Abraham's death at the same place. They should just be back-to-back. -back. As a matter of fact, if you read them back-to-back, -back, there's no problem. Right. So why is Isaac's, why is Eliezer's journey out to, you know, out to the old country to find a wife for Isaac? Why is that story dropped in there? Well, you know, according to academia, it could be that the, the redaction of the Torah occurred in so many different generations, blah, 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 blah. The story gets dropped in into this place. I always go back to the last sentence of the story. The last sentence of the story tells you, just like any good story, the purpose of the story. Mm -hmm. The last sentence of the story is that Rebecca is finally brought to Israel to meet Isaac, and Isaac takes her to the tent of his mother, right. Sarah. And he does that. He, he takes her for a wife. And then he loves her. The mm. first time that love appears in the in the Torah, Vaya Aveha. Right. Vanichem Yitzchak Acharei Imo. 
And Isaac is comforted after the death of his mother, following the death of his mother. And in this sentence, we understand that in Judaism, we turn from death back to life. Mm -hmm. We turn from mourning back to love, back to relationship. Mm -hmm. It's, It's the very reason why somebody finishes a burial at the cemetery and we force them to do the thing that they're least likely to choose on their own, go home and have a meal with friends and family and people from work and all kinds of different different relationships, most people would choose to go home and sit in a dark room. And, and say Kaddish. And say Kaddish, that's and right. And Kaddish is uh, doxology, praising God. That's right. And not praising God, it had nothing to do with death. It's a complete open praise of God. And you put those words into the mouth of a person who has just had their life torn apart, just had their life shattered, as if to say, I know you're not ready for this. I know this is difficult for you. But I want to put future tense words in your mouth. That you're going to you're going to mouth the words, even though you can't believe them yet. You're going to mouth the words of hope for a time when the world is healed. You're going to mouth those words, even though it's so difficult for you, because I just want you to remember those words and hold them somewhere in you as you go through this journey of death and mourning. People don't. It's a it's a great point, um, and this has to do with the spiritual reading of the text rather than the academic reading of the text, which is, of course, why we're rabbis and and, and not biblical professors. The spiritual truth of that moment is yitkadal v'yikadah shemei rabbah. Right. And oftentimes when when I think about the text, you know, again, the future text, future tense, just like you just said, yitkadal v'yikadah shemei rabbah, it will be great, it will be sanctified, the, the, the great name. Right. God's name. Yeah. But really, the text works just as much about the person who is deceased in the mm-hmm. sense that the way that that person's name is going to become great, just like Abraham and Sarah's name, right. became great through the actions and the behavior right. of their children. Right. Judaism believes profoundly that the legacy that you leave behind in this world, whether it be through raising a family, whether it be through philanthropy and, and, and raising up of organizations, whether it be causes, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. You are to leave the world mm-hmm. in a better place. Mm-hmm. And if, though, if people actually grab on to what it is that you've taught in, mm-hmm. in, in, in your role modeling, then in fact your name and God's name actually become greater. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a beautiful, there's a sort of beautiful, I don't know, Hasidic or Midrashic take on it, which is that God is diminished when a soul leaves our world. I mean, if each of us carries a spark of divinity in the world, then then the departure of one of us leaves God diminished in the world. And so Yitkadal v'yitkadash, a Kaddish is a revival of God, a resuscitation of God. It's beautiful. Right? Let, let, let the world, let, let, that, let God be resuscitated. Let God be comforted, as it were, from this loss. And then you think about what is going to be. Bechayechon of Yomichon. Someday, someday divinity will rise and be visible to us you know, as it was visible in the life of this person that we loved. Most people go to funerals once in a long while, and, and they cry. Oftentimes, when, when we're at funerals, and occasionally we were there together at the same one, to stand back and see the family say those words for right. the first time. To hold them doing it, yeah. To hold them doing it yeah. is one of the most powerful moments of our rabbinate. Yeah. Yeah, so we started a custom at Shul that you know. That's, I actually did this when my mother passed away, because... You know, we have this thing at the end of the service. If you're saying good morning, or if you're mourning a loved one, stand up and say this prayer. It's a terribly lonely thing to do, especially if you're not in your home synagogue. Stand up, you know, and you feel like so. So you let people are looking at you. 
So we started a custom where we said, if you know, if you're standing, if someone's standing near you alone, stand up with them. And suddenly you see whole rows of people standing up. And the difference is so profound that the community holds you and protects you. Uh, the community gathers around you. It's what Shiva is. I mean, Shiva is this amazing thing where you, the mourner feels so alone. And suddenly the whole world shows up with food. <laughs> it's right. a Jewish way too. Right. And, and holds you up. It protects you. It lifts you up. It lifts you out of the, the despair of death and reminds you that there's what to be alive for. Right. Right. Isaac is comforted. He's comforted by the companionship of his wife. That's right. And there's, again, a beautiful midrash there. The beautiful midrash, um, completely ahistorical, of course, was that Sarah used to bake challah. Right. And Sarah lit Shabbos candles. And Isaac, when Sarah dies, Isaac no longer smells the challah baking and no longer sees the Shabbos candles and his heart sinks. And that's the reason why he goes out to the field to pray because he can't pray in his home anymore because the light of Shabbat and the smell of the challah isn't there. And that's when he's out in the field when he sees the camel coming uh, with his bride yeah. and she comes back and it, what, what it says is that she enters the tent of Sarah, she starts baking challah. Right, right. And right. she lights the candles and right. something lights up inside of him and he becomes, right. he becomes Isaac. Beautiful, beautiful. It's, it's a lovely thing. We comfort each other. We comfort each other because in Judaism, we're meant to be together. We're meant to learn together. And we hope that you've enjoyed this session of learning with Torah on the go. We look forward to learning with you next time. If you want to submit a question and interact with us during one of the recordings of these podcasts, please go to our website, vbs.org slash podcasts, and submit a question. Clergy would love to consider your question and respond in due time. Thank you.